Hello and welcome to the March edition of Sightlines podcast. In this month's podcast, we'll be highlighting and discussing some key talks presented at the Advanced Therapies Conference, which is Europe's largest cell and gene therapy conference. First off, I'd like to introduce myself, Ellie, and some of Data Monitor's oncology team, Flora. Hello. And Millie. Hi. Ellie, you went to a talk by Fusix Biotech discussing their novel hybrid oncolytic virus. What are oncolytic viruses and where are they used currently? An oncolytic virus is basically a virus that infects and kills cancer cells. And as the infected cancer cells are destroyed by oncolysis, they release new infectious virus particles, also known as virions, to help destroy the remaining tumour cells. So oncolytic viruses preferentially target and kill tumour cells without affecting the healthy cells by both the direct killing of the infected tumour cells, as well as via indirect effects such as destruction of tumour vasculature and the induction of adaptive immune responses, which can be directed against the tumour and lead to the destruction of neighbouring uninfected tumour cells. They change the tumour in microenvironment and induce innate immunity by turning immune-suppressed cold tumours into immune-sensitised hot tumours. And they do this by facilitating the recruitment of immune cells and activating systemic anti-cancer adaptive immunity to suppress tumour growth. Recently, combinations of oncolytic viruses with other immunotherapies, such as immune checkpoint inhibitors, CAR-Ts and tumour infiltrating lymphocytes, also known as TILs, have led to promising progress in cancer treatment. Oncolytic viruses can prime the tumour and immune system during the early stages of treatment, therefore mediating optimal outcomes in response to subsequent immunotherapeutic approaches, such as in combination with immune checkpoint inhibitors. So TVEC was the first oncolytic virus approved by the FDA in 2015, and it was approved for the treatment of melanoma, and it remains the only widely approved oncolytic virus therapy. And the drug safety profile has ensured its uptake in a subgroup of unresectable and metastatic patients who cannot tolerate treatment with more aggressive regimens. TVEC is a type 1 attenuated herpes simplex virus. So it's a genetically modified herpes simplex virus and it expresses granulocyte macrophage Connolly stimulating factor receptor. In 2021, a modified HSV named Delatact was also approved in Japan for malignant glioma, but has still not gained an approval in either US or EU. Some examples of other viruses that have been investigated also include the adenovirus, measles virus, Newcastle disease virus and rheovirus. TVEC is also in development with Keytruda for the treatment of PD-1 refractory metastatic melanoma patients. Also in this setting, Usulimogene Odoparapivec RP1 is being investigated in combination with Obdivo in the phase 2 IGNITE trial. RP1 is similar to TVEC in that its backbone is also a herpes simplex type 1 virus, However, it has proprietary differences from TVEC and the modified backbone may enhance tumour specificity, making RP1 more tolerable. Recent data for the IGNITE trial showed a 37.5% overall response rate for the first 16 patients, which is a significant increase in the 10 to 15% overall response rate often seen in these heavily pretreated patients. And what is Fusix uh, Biotech's novel mechanism? So Fusix Biotech has created a hybrid virus construct of the Newcastle disease virus and the vesicular stomatitis virus, um, VSV, called FUB101. And it combines all the advantages of both parental platforms, so VSV's optimal replication and NDV's safety and unique mechanism of action. The Fusix technology hopes to offer a potent and flexible platform for the com- for combination approaches with immune checkpoint inhibitors 
as well as adoptive cell transfer, including T cells, as well as um, dendritic cells. That sounds hopeful. Where does it stand currently? So currently um, there's preclinical data um, and they're doing pharmaceutical toxicology studies um, and these are being finalised according to regulatory standards with a focus on liver and pancreatic cancer as the first clinical indications. And which patients would it be targeting in the future? So it would be targeting hepatocellular carcinoma or HCC um, patients and HCC is the second most common cause of cancer related death worldwide. It's been quite a hard indication for therapies to show promising results. Next of all has been the long-standard standard of care um, until 2018, when therapies such as Lemvima started to show benefit. Since 2019, Tocentric plus Avastin or Bevacizumab has been the standard of care after the combination showed an overwhelming benefit. However, treatment with these therapies often come with undesirable side effects. So oncolytic viruses have targeted HCC before. Um, Pexavec is an attenuated vaccinia virus, and it was studied in the phase three focus trial in combination with Nexvar, but it failed to meet its primary endpoint and was suspended from development relatively quickly. So there's still a long way to go with oncolytic viruses, and late phase clinical data will be needed before we can determine its efficacy. But it's hoped the dual oncolytic construct will avoid having to compromise either safety or efficacy, which can happen sometimes with oncolytic virus constructs. Also advanced therapies, several talks were centred around CAR-T therapy. Flora, can you talk us through some of the discussion which was held around CAR-T therapy? Yeah, of course. Uh, there were several talks at the conference which focused on CAR-T cell therapy, unsurprisingly. So CAR-T has been causing a lot of buzz in the medical community for quite a few years, and rightfully so, considering its impressive results within B-cell hematological malignancies, so acute lymphoblastic leukaemia and diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. But what's really interesting now is that we're seeing this advance outside of B-cell malignancies, and these were some of the talks that we saw featured at the Advanced Therapies Conference. So one talk which was particularly interesting looked at the use of CAR-T in T-cell lymphomas. So Chris Williams, um, the Vice President of Autolus Therapeutics, presented data from the Phase 1 Auto4 trial, which investigates TRBC1-targeted CAR T-cell therapy for T-cell lymphomas. So, so far, uh, whilst demonstrating profound efficacy in B-cell malignancies, CAR-T's application in T-cell malignancies has been quite challenging. Um, so, T-cell lymphomas are an aggressive disease with very poor prognosis. And Williams actually outlined this perfectly in his presentation uh, by underscoring the five-year overall survival rates of some B-cell lymphomas compared to those of T-cell lymphomas. Uh, so, for example, the five-year overall survival rate for diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, uh, which is the most aggressive B-cell lymphoma, is 60.9%. Um, however, if we look at the five-year overall survival rate for the most aggressive T-cell lymphoma, uh, namely peripheral T-cell lymphoma NOS, we see that it is significantly lower at only 27.2%. So this is an area of real unmet need. And considering CAR-T's success in DLBCL presenting as a potentially curative option, being able to translate this into T-cell lymphomas would be a massive breakthrough. So why is it that we have seen such big advances with B-cell lymphomas and CAR-T-cell therapy, but not yet seen these replicated in T-cell lymphomas thus far? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, to answer it simply, there is a lack of tumour specific antigens for T cell lymphomas. So B cell lymphomas have been treated for decades via targeting of different cell surface antigens by monoclonal antibodies, such as the CD20 directed monoclonal antibodies and more recently CD19 directed CAR T therapies. However, with CD19 directed CAR T cell therapies, we're targeting a pan B cell marker. Now, pan B cell depletion is relatively well tolerated. However, pan T cell depletion results in T cell aplasia, meaning these therapies would be highly immunosuppressive and therefore really toxic and in many cases fatal for these patients. So it just really isn't a viable option. What we need is a distinct target. And that's actually what auto loss therapeutics have recognised and are attempting to solve with the auto 4 trial. Here they're using the beta constant constant of the T-cell receptor as their target to direct their CAR T-cell therapy. So the T-cell receptor can exist in one of two isoforms, either TRBC1 or TRBC2, uh, depending on the gene segments included in the constant region of the beta chain. These are mutually exclusive, meaning T-cells can express either TRBC1 or TRBC2. And hence, we can specifically target either TRBC1 T cells or conversely target TRBC2 T cells. On this reasoning, we could use a TRBC1 directed CAR T therapy and eradicate TRBC T cell lymphoma cells. Of course, this will also eradicate the TRBC1 healthy T cells, but importantly, it will leave the TRBC2 T cells alone. And that's what forms the basis of Auto4. Autolus developed two antibodies, each one selective to TRBC1 or TRBC2, and are investigating both of CAR T cell therapies in the Auto4 and Auto5 trials, respectively. Um, and the results from Auto4, although preliminary, are looking really encouraging. Of course, there are other factors that also play into the difficulty of treating T cell lymphomas, um, which I should also mention, for example, there are issues of uh, fratricide if the CAR T cells also express the targeted antigen, which means we get limited expansion. Um, and then we also have the challenges with isolating healthy T cells from malignant T cells, uh, introducing the risk of product contamination and CAR modification of tumour cells themselves. Um, it's also worth mentioning the challenges in performing clinical trials in these diseases. The rarity of these cancers, along with their aggressive nature, often renders patient enrolment a difficult task. Um, and then not to mention the major issue of actually making the diagnosis with a differentiation between subtypes, often also causing dispute uh, among physicians. So you mentioned the auto four results look promising. Can you tell us what was the most exciting about these results? Yeah, so I think the safety data is definitely looking positive. Obviously, we are targeting a high-risk multi-refractory patient population in these trials. Uh, at this point, the patients are generally not in good health at all. So having a positive safety profile is really key. Um, Auto4 reported no dose-limiting toxicities and no high-grade infections were reported at any dose. Um, obviously, with CAR T cell therapy, cytokine release syndrome and neurotoxicity are major concerns. Um, and encouragingly, there were no reports of any grade uh, ICANs and CRS was only reported in the highest dose. So uh, that's all really positive. And the efficacy data was also exciting too. Um, 
three out of four patients uh, received a uh, achieved a re complete response at the higher dose. Um, and two of these still continue to remain in the remission at the nine and 12 months follow up, uh, respectively. Now, obviously, these data are still early um, and conducted in only a small sample, but it's definitely a good start. And I think it, based on this, it's clear TRBC1 directed CAR T cell therapy warrants further investigation in T cell lymphomas. Great. Thanks, Laura. Were there any other CAR T focused talks that caught your attention? Well, there were plenty, but one that was really stood out to me again was a talk which focused on the application of CAR-T outside of B-cell malignancies again. So uh, John Mayer, the CSO of biotech company Lucid Bio, presented the company's findings on using next generation CAR-T cell therapies to target solid tumours. So CAR-T cell therapy has had a bit of a rocky history with solid tumour indications, uh, which has amounted to little success in this area, really. Lucid Bio um, have proposed a novel lateral car structure, which integrates signaling domains in parallel across the membrane, opposed to end-to-end -end conjunction, as seen with the current linear car systems. The theory here uh, is to improve target tumour targeting, selectivity and engagement, and um, several preclinical studies so far have demonstrated this to be the case, as Mayer highlighted in his presentation, um, with both in vitro and in vivo studies. So um, the talk centred on the company's lead asset, LU011, which targets the NKG2D ligand and has a homin receptor infused to improve infiltration and homin to tumour cells. So the NKG2D ligand is a strong target. Uh, it's found to be expressed in over 80% of human cancers. Uh, it's found on various carcinomas, including breast and lung, uh, as well as various leukemias and lymphomas too. So, so far, the asset only has preclinical data, but it looks promising, uh, having achieved 95% overall response rate um, across 12 preclinical in vivo models of six different solid tumour types. So the next steps of this uh, are just on the horizon too, with Lucid Bio intending to file its CTA to initiate clinical trials this month, um, with dosing actually planned for quarter three of this year. Um, so yeah, I'm actually really excited to see how this uh, therapy will do in clinical trials, and hopefully this marks the beginning of us being able to uh, see more strides towards using CAR-T in solid tumours. That's really interesting, Flora. And Millie, you attended a talk about the use of pluripotent stem cells in cancer treatment. What was outlined in that? So the talk I attended was by IP Sirius discussing their IPVAC technology. So their IPVAC product is an immunotherapy which is produced using pluripotent stem cells. Uh, a relatively new area of research is regarding cancer stem cells, which are often unaffected by traditional chemotherapies and can lead to relapse years after treatment. So these cancer stem cells, or CSCs, are a subpopulation of cells within a tumour which can differentiate and drive tumour formation and have been linked to cancer relapse. So whilst there are no stem cell vaccines approved for solid tumours, Stem cell or bone marrow transplants are treatments used in some hematological cancers. And these transplants have been really effective, but clinicians have not really been able to use stem cells to achieve similar results in solid tumours. 
So IPCRSR aiming to target both cancer stem cells and normal cancer cells using their IPVAC technology, which uses engineered stem cells which share antigens with cancer stem cells, activating the immune system against these CSCs. It's a mechanism which draws similarities to CAR-T treatments which have had success in various blood cancers. The CEO discussed how they are planning to initiate their first in-human trial soon and have demonstrated efficacy in TMBC mouse models. However, they did mention that they have not yet decided which cancer specifically they're going to target in future trials. The CEO mentioned they were considering glioblastoma or NSF, non-small cell lung cancer. Non-small cell lung cancer is the largest oncology indication uh, with 83 drugs approved around the world. So the IPVAC vaccine would need to carve out a niche for itself in this indication, where patients are largely treated based on mutational status. Glioblastoma is a smaller indication with only 14 drugs approved for it. So IP series may find more success in this small, less competitive indication, although there will be a smaller patient population to target here. Another thing they would need to consider is price. Biologic treatments like this are typically very pricey due to the difficult manufacturing process. Uh, this could lead to access problems as insurers are often reluctant to reimburse expensive experimental therapies such as these. But that being said, IP series has planned to mass produce stem cells for genetic engineering, making an off-the-shelf vaccine rather than an autologous vaccine, will help bring the price down somewhat through economies of scale. This may limit their target population though, depending on how much they scale up manufacturing, as not all patients will be a match for the stem cell population they choose to expand. It will definitely be interesting to see how this IPVAC technology does in future trials and to see which indication IP series are going to choose to develop their technology in. I'd also be interested in hearing more about which antigen specifically they are going to engineer on their stem cells. Unfortunately, they did not disclose this yet at their presentation, and there is a chance they haven't made a final decision on this yet. And that concludes our March podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Goodbye.